0: Let's start with some tough love, all right? You two suck. Say my name. What the kids call Trisie guy with the mustache. You're listening to Inside the Gillivers, talking all things Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. Brought to you by the Royal Bobbles Collection at bobbleheads.com for all your favorite characters from the Gillivers. Shop the Royal Bobbles Collection at bobbleheads.com. Also brought to you by Rode Microphones, the official microphone supplier of Inside the Gillivers. See their entire lineup today at rode.com. Now, please welcome your host. Eric Broadbent.
1: It's Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us for season two, episode 10 of Inside the Gilverse, where we talk all things Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. My name is Eric Broadbent, and it comes with great pleasure to introduce tonight's guest. You know her as Mouse from season five of Better Call Saul, the lovely and talented Miss Adrienne Levette. Adrian, how are you?
2: I'm
0: good. How are you?
1: Absolutely fan freaking tastic. It's great to have you here. <laughs> you look you look awesome this evening.
0: Thank you. I definitely don't look as cool as Miles in life. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> but yeah, thank you.
1: <laughs> oh, it's great to have you here. And I want to also thank you as well, too, for accommodating the schedule change. Uh, we're moving studios and all that fun stuff, you know, production okay. and, and it worked out. You were free, uh, you know, and you, got, you had some other things going on as well, too. So thank you for accommodating.
0: Of course, not a problem
1: it's 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 awesome we're really happy to have you here we got some great people here in the chat as well too uh I'll go through and say hi to some of our our fans and regulars that join the chat here and i'm gonna yeah. be there'll be some great questions coming from them and then we'll jump over and ask you some great questions uh, we've got michelle de here uh paul sura VZM mccoy arctic sakai andrew noack uh cray crow uh i might say a couple names twice hopefully i don't our our moderators karina is here jennifer stevens uh let me see it's down a little bit more we've got Lori Yu here Lori yum said we've got uh let me see who else am i missing um a lot of our regulars here let's scroll down a little further i've got my beautiful sandra lee here is in the house fantastic nice to have her back in the chat after some time land shark mark is here renata rodriguez oh man we've got a great crowd of people uh, just scrolling down see if i miss anybody else and i'll try my very very best to get everyone um What's going on at the very bottom here? There's questions coming in already as well, too. So before we dive deep into the Better Call Saul world, which is nice, everything is you know in production right now. Everyone's happy about that. Yeah, um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about of a uh, little bit of your background? What got you into acting and the inspiration to do so?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been acting since I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just something that was uh, natural to me. I, I love the arts, all all facets of the arts. So. Um, It wasn't only acting that I was really passionate about. I was uh, passionate as an artist, as a visual artist, as a painter, as a drawer, uh, singing, dancing, like everything. So um, I was very much uh, heavily involved in the arts. Uh, I started professionally acting as a kid uh, at the age of 10. And then, um, uh, yeah, just kept kind of going from there. And uh, I was in theater a lot more So, my focus was theater for a good amount of time, and then I started uh, switching my focus to more TV and film back in 2011.
1: So, you've been busy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, everything inspires me. So, So, you know, I think as an artist, I feel like anything and everything can inspire us. I think a rock on the floor can inspire us to do something. (laughs)
1: Well, it's, it's nice to, to, to see some of the roles that you've done I've had a peek at your, uh, your IMDB, IMDB page. And it's pretty extensive as well too.
0: Yeah. It's very eclectic. I really love the kinds of roles that I've been considered for and the diverse amount of roles that I play. Um, I, I'm a character actor, but I'm like a proud character actor. I feel like certain actors have a stigma about that, but I'm of very much loving the fact that I play such different types of people.
1: Very diverse, very diverse, for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: You know, there's a question I didn't write down tonight. I was talking to to my better half, Sandra Lee, here about this just a few days ago. Uh, I, th- I think it was a couple of days ago. We we're talking about, especially with the thumbnail that we use, we use one of the pieces of art that you sent to us. It was from from the set, kind of like a just an off-camera off shot. And with the tattoos that mouse has, um, it, it, and that's something you see a lot of actors that don't have real tattoos. And, and I know there's an the attention to detail and the duplication every time. Can you tell us the process of how that works?
0: Oh yeah. So, I mean, the tattoos, they, that was a really fun experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, and I, you, you can see it a bit in the show, but my tattoo, I had a lot of tattoos, so, uh, I don't have any on my body, <laughs> like none. Yeah. Um, yeah but they, I had a whole sleeve that were individual pieces. And at the same time, Ashlyn, uh, who is one of the beautiful makeup artists, um, it was a, a, a group actually of people who were uh, applying this. So every time um, I did hair and makeup was about three to four hours each time. And all the tattoo pieces were applied. Some of them were hand painted. The ones, um, there was one specifically on my neck of mouse and it says like literally mouse and then the the drawing of mouse. And that one was, uh, some of the tattoos were specially designed for mouse, most of them actually. And the one that said mouse, that was um, Ashlyn's cousin, if I'm remembering right, who is a tattoo artist and designed that, or an artist in general that designed that tattoo for mouse. Uh, But yeah, I I thought, I don't know, it it was a lot of fun. and just being with them and, and having them apply it and transforming the way I look every day uh, just really brought the character to life for me.
1: It, it's so it's such a cool process because like I, yeah. I didn't know how they did that like I, and I could have asked Tom Schnauz as I'm surprised I never did ask Tom because I'm sure there's some other characters too that you know have uh, you know artificial tattoos uh, yeah. but have to keep them consistent as well too.
0: It's a combination. I mean, they do use like regular like what you would buy you know at a I don't know, at any kind of store where you get fake tattoos. Yeah, like the kids' so tattoos, had, tattoos kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's the same kind of application. And then they had the one where it was like a tattoo pen. Okay. Where they actually like drew stuff on. And then after they did that, they would like powder it, kind of like powder it up and put makeup over it and like spray it and all this kind of stuff so that it would stay stay as long as it could throughout the day, but they did get removed every night. So every night I would be in the, in the trailer and all of them were like swarming around me, washing my hair, rubbing the tattoos off. And I always joke that I felt like I was Eddie Murphy and coming to America okay. when he's like getting bathed <laughs> because they were just a team of people just rubbing this off. Oh jeez. Of so yeah, but it was, I, I honestly, it's such a, a fantastic team of people that work for, for Better Call Saul and, and the same, a lot of the same crew from uh, Breaking Bad who work for Better Call Saul. So, yeah, I mean, it was really, really fun.
1: A great family, right?
0: Yes. Yes, very much so. They made me feel like I was a part of that family for the longest time, you know, like it was just very welcoming. It was one of the best sets I've ever worked on. And uh, I, I got really close to a lot of the crew members because since I myself am a filmmaker and a director as well in, in the indie level, uh, working, working my way up, yeah. but um, they, uh, I had asked them if I could shadow on my days off and they were amazing and Melissa allowed me to shadow and Peter allowed me to shadow and Vince allowed me to shadow. So on my days off, I would be on set just hanging out with the crew, watching everybody work, you know, not being a nuisance, but asking questions. And they were really great. They let me like sit with the director and the producers and just watch everything and be a part of the rehearsals. And uh, so I got to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that um, the first and second episode of season five uh, had and, you know, not being in those scenes, but getting to be with the, the, with Bob and and with Ray and with, you know, like all the, the lead actors of the show. So that was an amazing experience to be a part of.
1: That would be good. That'd be really good for you as well to just kind of kick back and see how everyone works, you know, with the team, yes. both on camera and off camera. Uh, you know, just getting the vibe of uh, that your co-actors and, and your your colleagues. And, you know, we just to, just to uh, wrap up the topic of the tattoos, since So you've had so much experience with all these tattoos on and off again. It's maybe, maybe giving you some time to think if you had to get one tattoo, what do you think you would get?
0: <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's so funny. My sister and... Uh, she, I mean, she is covered in tattoos. Mm-hmm. So my sister thought it was awesome and hilarious that I was so heavily tattooed because I'm, I'm very opposite about her about tattoos than she is. She's a lot braver and she can handle pain a lot better than I can.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think I probably do something simple, like or meaningful, like my mom's signature, or so, you know, something that I w- would be dear, dear to my heart and. and yeah, because other than that, I don't think I'm going to get a tattoo anytime soon.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a I'm a retired, so, so to speak, musician, a touring musician. And, you yeah. you know, you'd think I'd be covered from head to toe. I don't have any piercings. I don't have a tattoo. And I'm like, what do I get? Am I going to get like like a, a, a mom or, you know, whatever, right? You know?
0: Yeah, it's hard. And I, I just, I think because also I changed my mind a lot. Yeah. And so I know I'll get something, and then be like, oh, "I'm over this." You yeah, know? I know. And, and it's just my personality. So I don't know. Maybe I, I don't think I'm the right personality for them. But but if I did, it would be definitely a meaningful.
1: You yeah. Know. Maybe, maybe talk to the team and just say, okay, I I think I'm going with this. Get them to do one of those temporary ones and wear it for a week and, you know, see if you like it. Then you can always erase it if it's not the one for you.
2: right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You got a bit of, you got a bit of a insight that we don't have, you know, we get something and we have to get it lasered off. Anyways, we're going to jump over some questions that are coming in now from the chat. Uh, We have from VZ McCoy, uh, Adrian, how temporary is it? Oh, okay. Well, on tattoo, how temporary is a temporary tattoo? So you kind of talked about that. Uh, you've already covered that aspect.
0: Yeah. I'm sure they would have lasted, you know, a few days, Mm -hmm. but they did remove them because, um, you know, it it was one of those things like I didn't want to be too careful with my arm because then it wouldn't look natural Mm -hmm. if I was like, I had my arm out all the time, you know. And so my arm would kind of rub against my clothing or, you know, you know, just being doing normal things, putting my arm on an armrest, on the chair or whatever. And eventually it starts getting sticky.
2: Oh yeah. And
0: so, and so it, and because it was so many of them, um, the more you like cluster them, it just, it just felt really sticky. So after a while, yeah, I don't think you could, I don't think you could bear it any longer. Yeah. The the day. It's gotta go. It's gotta go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's
1: a question from Andrea. Andrea is uh, one of our good friends from over in Germany. She says, can you tell us about your experience on better call Saul? And how did you like playing the character of mouse?
0: Yeah, I mean, my like I said, my experience was fantastic because everyone was so, so kind and, um, you know, and and so loving and so uh, just welcoming. I really did feel like I was a part of the family uh, for the longest time. And it was a big deal for me because, um, like everyone else, I, I was always a, a Breaking Bad Better Call Saul fan. So when Breaking Bad first came out, I felt... There wasn't show a show like it that had such a um the, the the type of casting and the type of actors that they were casting were not the stereotypical kinds of models you always see in, mm-hmm. in tv and film which i don't consider myself one so for me to see people that were all different shapes and sizes and um, that was a big deal and and i when i watched the show i was kind of like oh man i would love to be on the show um, just because it seems like they're so open to different types of people, and there really wasn't a show that, that, with that, that kind of uh, look in, in regards to actors. So, and then, you know. Breaking Bad came and went, <laughs> and I was like, "Man, I never got on that show." And then Better and Call Saul came, and I was like, "Oh, maybe, you know." And you, you kind of like to have this sense of hope <laughs> that yeah. maybe the show, one of the shows that you really love, uh, you'll get on eventually someday in your life. Um, and I, I got, I feel like I got extremely lucky. Uh, that they were looking at people in New York. I, I think they mostly look at people in LA or in Albuquerque. Albuquerque, yeah. And so, you know, a mix between New, Mexi- New Mexico and California is where they usually gravitate towards. So this was the first time my manager was like, ah, they have audition, And he's a big fan too. Good. So he was like, they're... They're, they're out looking for people in New York. And I was like, oh, is there a part for me? <laughs> and so um, he submitted me, and it happened really fast. Uh, he had submitted me. I think I had to give them the tape maybe that same day. And um, at the time I was I was working... And I had a friend of mine who is not an actor read the other lines and just kind of tape it really fast and sent it out. And then I heard within like a matter of a week that that I had gotten it. So um, and usually you get callbacks, but it, it helped that I had a lot of, you know, footage and my reels and, and the history of the shows that I had done previously mm-hmm. I think they they kind of felt that that was enough to yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I think she's good <laughs> you know so um uh and yeah I mean it was again very quick and then I ended up there for about two and a half weeks altogether um and uh yeah I mean it it, uh, what was the, the second part of the question? It was just um, uh, how
1: did you like playing the character of Mouse?
0: Oh yeah, I yeah. mean I loved I loved playing Mouse. So it, well, this is the thing that I didn't realize. So when I was on set the first day, when they were doing all the hair and makeup tests and wardrobe tests, which were so fun, um, we they kept telling me they were like, you know, you're you're the first female drug dealer like official in this in this world, right. and I was like, really? And I was just like. I guess you're right I was like I never even thought of it because there's so many characters I didn't think that in that world that part of the world of uh, Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul I was like oh my gosh you're right so that was exciting because everyone else was super excited about that like the cast and crew were were, you know very excited about uh, this kind of female character and it was fun to kind of develop it with everybody in regards to uh, not only me Uh, But even conversations that I had with Michael um, where, you know, because we were acting together and, and he had ideas and it was just nice to hear everybody's opinions and thoughts about this character and how excited everyone was.
1: Well, that's cool. I never thought about that until now either. The first uh, female drug deal. I mean, if you look at, you could look back to Skylar White and you could say she had a, she was compliant right. with, with Walter's, you know, decision. I, well, she wasn't right. at first, but if she went along with it after when the money started coming through and you look at Lydia, Lydia was, uh, you know, assisted in the methylamine and things like that. So she assisted, but she really wasn't there. None of them were hand, handing over product and taking money. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I'm really happy for you for that role. And was your family member, like ran, much of your family, like kind of like you, you did it, you know, cause it's like you land a role in star Wars and then you're, it's awesome. You land a role in the breaking bad universe or the Giliverse. It's awesome. Were the family really proud of you too?
0: Oh yeah. I mean my, I have a really supportive family and friends. So, and, and a lot of my friends, I consider family. So mm-hmm. yeah, everybody, everyone was super supportive and excited for me and, um, And still is i mean it was still such a great experience and i still rave about it every time i get a chance to talk about (laughs) it because you know acting playing that role playing that character being in something that you actually you really love and then being so accepted and at the same time getting to shadow these brilliant people who are the best at what they do Mm -hmm. you know i could i could not have asked for a better schooling and the fact that they allowed me to be a part of that was, was incredible.
1: That's just, that's just so cool. Yeah. I, I, we talked about your audition process and things of that nature. And I know you worked very closely, obviously with Michael Mando. And, and that's one of our, uh, our favorite guests that have been on the show. The girls just love him. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Did he ever, did he ever <laughs> very tell very you the sweet. the audition story? And I, I probably, I don't retell stories very, very well, but did he ever tell you his audition story?
0: No, no, we didn't talk about that.
1: What
2: was his audio? So he story? did a videotape,
1: and, and and I have to go back and watch the episode um, when he was on the show. I, f- I forget the whole the whole gist of it, but he did a, a video. Uh, had someone help him? He videoed it, and uh, you know sent it in sent it in the tape. And apparently, they like, got about uh, his agent or someone contacting back and said, Michael, there's no sound. Like there's literally, there's literally no sound. And he stayed up all night to get this audition done, videotape. And then, so they called a friend back over like three, four, five o'clock in the morning. And it had to be there like, you know, the crack of dawn to, you know, for, for the, uh, the agents, whatever, like it probably uh, Sharon Bialy and and everybody uh, and uh, Bialy Thomas. And so last minute he was able to redo it again, got it in there and, and was able to start that whole process, but almost blew it by not having the audio recorded.
0: Oh man, that sucks.
1: Can you imagine?
0: Yeah, that's hard. It's, it's like, and you can't, you don't have control over a lot of those things. Like you send it off hoping that everything is fine, you Mm -hmm.
1: know?
0: So man, oh man. But Hey, I mean, he did it. (laughs) I know. I know. He got it. Yeah.
1: Good, good. And he was,
0: he was very kind, very sweet. We, we hung out a lot, obviously, and, and talked a lot. And, and, And it it, same, I mean, it sounds funny to say, like, Michael and Tony, and they're all very sweet people, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, because they play such badasses in the show. But, you know, they're just so kind. And, and we had a lot of fun together.
1: That's good. Yeah. And it's just so funny too. You hear these stories, you look at like uh, uh, Jonathan Banks and, you know, Mike, and he l- seems, comes across as a, such a hard ass and he's probably one of the most, you know, nicest people you'd ever meet, you know, yes. and, and talk to. Oh, you.
0: Jonathan, I met him too, yeah. even though I didn't work with him. Right. I met him because I shadowed and he was very sweet. Um, I hung out with Ray a good amount too on my days off nice. because we were together on set. She would be, pretty much was doing the same thing I was. So we actually got to like, have a lot of conversations and and kind of um, learn together in a sense, you know? Um, And, and Bob was, it was very kind too. I was, I was hanging out with him uh, during, you know, a lot of the, um, the gene Mm -hmm, mm scene in the beginning, like all the mall stuff. I got to like, what so it's cool to see it because I know where I was during those scenes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Did you go and, shopping? And
1: I, Did you go shopping? No. No.
0: <laughs> no, but it was it was it was very cool and it was really funny because the first day everybody met me, they had already put me in hair and makeup. So okay. I was already looking like mouse. So they all thought that that was my actual look. Oh. Like the, I I genuinely was this kind of person. Oh. And then when I came the next day just to shadow and be on set and whatever, no one really recognized me. And then I kind of had to be like, Oh no, I'm, I, I play mouse. And everyone was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like everyone was just shocked because of the, the difference between how I look yeah. on a normal basis and how a mouse looks. So yeah, everyone was, was very surprised to, to see, but I'm, I'm again, so happy that I got to meet everybody.
1: That's great too. And I've heard so many good things. Obviously we've, uh, people just love Ray Sehorn. She's been on the show a couple of times here and we've heard, we've heard great things about Bob as well too, the way he'll, you know, rehearse with people like, you know, so much make to, to make the product better. It is just a great, great team. What we're going to do now, we're going to do something, this is kind of neat, one of the options we have on the show here for our YouTube members, our channel members, we have audio questions as well too, so we're going to have a couple questions coming up, we only have two this evening, Uh, one is from Karina, she's one of our head moderators here on the channel, so I don't even know what the full question is, I I prepared them last, or late uh, today, so I didn't get a chance to digest all of them, so we're going to play Karina's first, and then we'll follow up with Lori's, okay, here we go. Sounds good.
2: Hi Adrian, this is Karina. So you directed a horror short called The Dark Room, which I would love to see, as well as see more female-directed horror films. You and I are both fans of Jennifer Kent's The Babadook. Do you have any desires to direct a feature-length horror film? Also check out Jennifer Kent's film The Nightingale, if you haven't already, and another female director I like a lot, Ashlyn Clark's The Devil's Doorway. Thank you.
0: Ooh, good question. Very good. I'm so glad that she did a shout out to like female directors. Yeah. Sure. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, thank you for asking about The Dark Room. So, yeah, The Dark Room is actually a short concept of our feature version of The Dark Room. So, I do intend on directing The Dark Room. Um, right now, I'm directing another feature called I'm OK, We're OK. It's an indie drama. So, eventually, I mean, the goal is to um, shoot the dark room feature, um, in the dark room feature, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be the director. I'm not in it. Uh, in the current feature right now, I'm doing both, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is a challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the lead actors and I'm directing. So that's definitely a challenge that I've taken on, but I've always wanted to take on, uh, and, and it's challenged during the time of COVID. So all in all, we're, 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 we're dealing with a lot of, um, complicated things, but it's such a fantastic team that I have that um, it's not, it's not really that stressful. Um, But the dark room itself, yeah, I mean, we have plans to get it up and running when the time is right, you know, we have to find our investors and our executive producers who are interested. And um, so far, the short film is uh, making its way through the film festival circuit. uh, And eventually, it'll get um, distribution, it'll might End up being on Amazon Prime oh, um, when, when the film festival film festival world is done, um, and then yes, I love uh, the Baba Duck. I actually met Jennifer after a screening of the Nightingale, and she was so nice, uh, and we had a lot of nerdy conversation about uh, about film, and um, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll have to check out that other film that you said. I don't think I've seen it actually. So I'll I'll definitely check
1: it out. Awesome. Well, good good questions and good suggestions, Karina. Yes,
0: thank you.
1: There is a comment that just coming from my better half, Sandra Lee, here as well too. She commented in the chat, said how pretty you are. So I wanted to pass that along oh, as I've, well too. Everybody-
0: so nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is very nice of everybody. I, yeah, I saw that when people were saying, and I was like, "Oh, that's so nice of everyone."
1: <laughs> I, I really do like the Gilvers family. The, uh, the 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 I, we call them the Gilvers family out there, right? Everything that encompasses yeah. all three of those shows, and just you know, and especially doing these shows now too, we get to meet some people around the world that are all like-minded individuals like us. And I and I know yeah. all of you, you know, the actors and the the crew and things like that too. You're all just as big a fan of the show as we are, right?
0: It's very true. It's very true. True. And I the the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul fan base are so nice. I mean, everyone has been so nice, so supportive. Um, especially in social media. I haven't I haven't met, you know, it, it's so funny because it's such a show about like rough kinds of people, but it's like the nicest people that are watching it yeah. and that are in it. You know?
1: <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's a so, real uh, flip. Uh, like if you're talking stranger things, it's the upside down to the real yeah, reality, isn't it? It
0: really is.
1: Yeah. It really is. It's so cool. And and that's neat too, because it lets you all get out of your day to day, you know, you know, you know, it could be like, you know, a mom and dad and, and all this kind of just regular Joe stuff. And then you yeah. get to be in the drug, the seedy drug uh, world. Right. And
0: hey, I love it. I think it's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So next question is from Lori. Next audio question. And again, too, I processed these today, but it was such a rush today. I didn't get a chance to really take them in. So this is from Lori, and I know she always has great, deep questions. I'm sure she's going to continue tonight. So here we go from Lori.
2: Hello, Adrian. This is Lori. Could you tell us how long you worked as a live singer at Hamburger Mary's and how did that job come about? Thanks very much. Oh my gosh,
0: bringing back my past. Um, (laughs) That's fantastic. Uh, Hamburger Mary's is super fun for people who don't know what that is. It's a restaurant that is a drag restaurant. So they do drag shows. Um, The servers are... Drag. Most of the servers are drag queens. Um, they'll do live performances while serving, and then they'll have shows. Uh, I, I don't know their exact, like, when they do them anymore, but um, I was a part of um, uh, Hamburger Mary's and a place called Bananas would usually do the same thing. They would do, like, a Sunday brunch show, and so I was their live singer, performer, and um, that came uh, – I. I'm connected to a lot of those people because of theater. Okay. So my theater world connected me to them. And then it was just something that it was just such a fun, positive community of people. And um, they like, again, took me in as family and uh, I, the things that they do even now are just such, it's so beautiful. A lot of what they do and how positive things are. They, I watched the video of them bringing on a child uh, to like, lie to live or drag sing, I guess, yeah. um, lip sync to a song. And it was just, it was just so beautiful to see, you know, like it was, I, I don't know they, they do a lot of great work there.
1: Great. Great. Here's a question uh, from Aya. She says, uh, hi Adrian. Uh, what was the best moment you had while filming Better Call Saul? Is there something you as a takeaway, you know, uh, maybe while filming, was there something very, very special that you, I know there's probably a lot of things, but is there one moment that really stands out?
0: I know. I feel like there are so many great moments there. Um, while filming, I would say uh, one of my favorite bits is um, obviously, and I guess, I guess it's the one that uh, people tend to bring up the most was the, the, sh- the, like the mouse hole <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where my, my head would like peek out mm-hmm. and, you know, I, that was pretty hilarious to even have that as a as a way of communication <laughs> um, to the outside world yeah. that would like poke her head outside of like this mouse hole. Um, so I, I was I was amused by that. And what's really cool and a little like behind the scenes mm-hmm. thing when you watch the scene again or if you do. Um, the interior was on a soundstage. The exterior was in a, a different location. It was like an apartment complex.
2: Oh, okay.
0: That they kind of took over. <laughs> um, so they, it, it's seamless. I mean, it looks beautiful and it's seamless how they did it. But those were shot at uh, different days entirely, even though it's all one scene.
1: Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Here is a question from, uh, let me see. I just got to double check. I lost it here. Let's see if I can go back just a little bit. This is from Craig Crow, if I'm saying uh, correctly. Hi, Adrian. I loved your character. Will we see more of our beloved mouse in season six? Fingers crossed on that one. Maybe we don't know, or do we know, or?
0: We don't. I, I'm just like you guys, honestly. Um, you know, I understand that on a, on a filmmaker side of things, because I'm a director, writer, <laughs> I get it. So it's one of those things where I would love to come back, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, obviously I would love Mouse to come back, but they do have so much to wrap up this season mm-hmm. and there's so many like holes that are going to be filled. So um, if they don't come back, it's fine. I I understand. And it was, again, such an incredible experience on season five that if I don't come back, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, you know, but of course it would it would be great. Uh, I'm, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what this season brings, just like everybody else.
1: I know, right? Just looking from the outside in, and there's, there are so many arcs to, to tie up and, and loose ends, and yeah. characters we know that don't make it, uh, you know, to the other, the other projects, and like what's going to happen to them? Are they going to be killed? Are they going to disappear into the, or, you know, into the sunset? We don't know, but it's going to be great, you know. It, it, and it's bitters, going to be bittersweet too, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. It is right because it's like it's been um such a journey for everybody and I think, you know, uh, I, I don't I don't know if they'll because I, I I hear like people speculating if they're going to do another spin-off because they have so many great characters mm-hmm. right that you could do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they would, I would want to see one with Ray as long as, Um, or Kim, (laughs) as long as, as, you know, nothing happens to Kim's character. I'd be like, oh, wouldn't it be fantastic? They just spin off of her, you know, in her life. Um, So that would be really good. But, you know, you just, you never, you never know. And I think they, um, I'm assuming they would be ready to kind of try different stories out. You know, I'm sure they're brilliant writers and creators, Vince and Peter, and I feel like they totally have other, worlds up their sleeves
1: it, it, and what i what i personally feel as much as a like i'm a fan and and i'm not like just because i do a show like this doesn't mean i know at all about these shows i don't like i i have my my knowledge is very limited of these shows i mean i'm, I'm a, a big fan you know but there's bigger fans so i don't really have any inside knowledge and i talked to vince you know off the air and he's been on the show twice he's on just a few weeks back you knew about that i told you about that and yeah, I, I yeah. asked him on the air, I said, like, you know, and, may, and some fans asked as well, too, like, are there more stories to be told? And he's like, yeah, there's lots of stories to be told. But one thing I greatly, greatly, really admire, and as a writer and director like yourself as well, too, uh, filmmaker, you, you know, you sometimes have to know when not to continue or when to, when the story is complete. And right. what I personally feel about Vince, I, I don't think we will see more stories. And I would love to see more. And I, ho- I hope people don't get upset me for just, you know, spitballing here. But I I think they will probably tie this up and that could be it. Um, And I'm content with that as much as I'd like to see more. It's like seeing your favorite band and they're done, you know, like I'm a Van Halen fan. We lost Eddie Van Halen. There'll never be Van Halen again. So that's, it's a tough one to swallow, but they gave us so much. So who knows, right?
0: Yeah. You never know. You never say never, right? It it could be 10 years from now. They're like, oh, let's give so-and-so a show now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you, you, you just never know. But I understand as a creator, you get to a point where you're like, you know what, I want to do some new stuff. I have some other things in the works. I know for me, whenever we're done with the film, I'm already it's good and bad. I'm already thinking about the next film. So it's just kind of, you know, that it, it, it's just the nature of being um, an artist and a creator and wanting to tell uh, different kinds of stories, not, not, not just one all the
1: time yeah yeah that's right and i like the fact too like some shows you know just go on like i was a, I'm, I, I should say i was maybe i still am a walking dead fan like i was obsessed with walking the walking dead and I, yeah. i'm not so i'm not necessarily so invested in the spinoffs i'm re- i was really invested in the main core the right, parent show right. and I'm, I'm finding yeah and i'm kind of finding like i've i've missed a ton now and i don't i haven't lost any sleep over it You know, you know. (laughs) I feel bad for saying that because I've invested, and I'm I'm probably going to watch it through just because I've invested so many hours, you know, in my life. I probably will agree
0: with you. Yeah, agree with you. I was really into the current or the the original Walking Mm -hmm. Dead. I haven't really, I watched a little bit of Fear of the Walking Dead, um, but I, I was more invested in the original, and then I kind of ended up stopping, well, life happened, and, yeah. and I yeah. wasn't able to like, so now we're, we're, actually my husband and I are playing catch-up, we're trying to rewatch or watch, you know, everything that we've missed, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, like you said, I think there's a time and place where it, it makes sense that if they don't bring it back it, it had such an amazing run mm-hmm. and had such an amazing impact on people uh and they they changed a lot of things in the tv industry uh purely from just breaking bad right mm-hmm. and so um i think I, I think they you know they they, they i think they had enough
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, like so. they're
0: just like this is good we did it
1: <laughs> i know i agree well, what a lot of people don't know as well too I mean, I mean you'd probably know this and it's just you know the, the fans the super fans are real appreciative of this there's a lot of uh, connections between Breaking Bad Universe and Walking Dead we've got uh, Bialy Thomas for the casting directors you know, so that that yeah. is a, a plus. I mean, I can't talk enough about them. I mean, it, w- the, it wouldn't have the talented uh, ta- like actors like yourself if it wasn't for them. And then, of course, a lot of the music being shared. You know, with uh, the music supervisors, Thomas Thomas Galubich and uh, was it music super music vision? Uh, they mm-hmm. are the music supervisors. So, you know, when you hear those key little cues in in, in each of the shows, you know, you yeah. got to thank those people that usually don't get the thanks. So there's yeah. there's a lot of common bond between those shows too. Yeah. Which is nice. We're going to jump over to a question from Mike Faldout. Uh, what was it like working with Tony Dalton and Michael Mando? So you, we touched base on uh, on Michael and I think you might've mentioned uh, Tony Lalo, the character of, I mean, the, the Lalo, the such a charming guy that you're so, he could be, you know, smiling at you all you know, ear to ear one minute and kill <laughs> yeah. you the next. So what, right, was, what right. was it like with both of those gentlemen?
0: Uh, I mean, it, they were fantastic and they were very easy to collaborate with and you know, we we talked a lot about the dynamics of these characters and and what they were to each other and uh, Michael and I even kind of came up with a fake story of our own where uh, we felt like Mouse and Michael were related like they were cousins or something um, so it wasn't like she, a random woman it was like someone that was in his family
2: okay. you know.
0: Um, But that was just for us. That's not like a fact Peter didn't write that. It was just something that we came up with for ourselves um, and and our dynamic and our relationship in the show. But uh, uh, Tony, yeah, I mean, he is so kind. I feel like the people who can play the most evil characters are the kindest people. It's almost because they kind of approach it in a more realistic way. Like you can't approach a bad guy you hating them you know you have to like love them and it has to come from from the belief that you're right like your character everything your character is doing is for the good of that character's life okay and so and he the way he approaches it is very much that way and and he does such a beautiful job and, and getting to just watch him do that is uh you know is a master class on its own
1: looking forward to see where that goes so with those with those guys You know, I don't, I don't dare even speculate my thoughts on uh, Nacho's uh, future because I think I'd lose, I'd probably lose about 60% of my viewers. No, I know. I, 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 I I'm like, I
0: don't know. I don't know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to keep saying Nacho lives so I have, I can keep my audience at least until the end of season six. And then we'll we'll worry about it then. Uh, speaking to someone who is very concerned about Nacho, uh, this is from Andrea. She says, "Uh, how did the character mouse get the name just because of the tattoo? Or did I miss the story behind it?
0: No, I mean, they, they didn't, they didn't have a a story or telling of it in the show. Um, And, you know, it was the, I think just the idea of the fact that she, the way that she um, sells drugs, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I think it's like, it's kind of like she's sneaky and she does it in like these little sneaky ways. And she puts the drugs in the hole and she peeks through the hole. And like, she's looking through the, you know, like, I, I think it's just the her personality and the way that she's been known to deal or, you know, do shifty things is where that, that uh, nickname came from. But that, I mean, that's from just discussion from w- with other people. It wasn't something that we had um, that I had the information on. It was just like, you know, me talking to the actors and <laughs> the makeup artists, yeah. you know, just kind of uh, speculating.
1: <laughs> do, you, do you, like when fans come up and see you on the street or at conventions or anything like that, do you get a combination of Hey Adrian or Hey Mouse or a little bit of both? Or do they, they always refer to you as your, as your, as your real name or?
0: Yeah. I mean, I haven't been to any conventions yet. Because well, yeah.
1: COVID, of course. COVID.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it was, it was like one of those things where it kind of, Shut down. Yeah. But, um, no, I think people call me Mouse. I mean, even on, on set, they were calling me Mouse. Okay. <laughs> even the crew was calling me Mouse. So it, it stuck. And I really like it. I like the name. So I was like, yeah. Mouse. That's cool.
1: <laughs> and imagine, too, like, you know, when you're, if you're, if they're calling you in character all the time, too. It's just like a stage name for your musician. It's, it's easy yeah. to remember who you're you talking to. It's
0: easy to remember for sure. Yeah. But I definitely, um, I have a special place in my heart for that character for sure.
1: Good. And I'm, I'm not afraid to say this. I am afraid of mice. I'm not afraid of too many things in the world, but I'm, I'm scared of mice. And I even worked in pest control really? once. Yes. That's
0: hilarious. Yeah.
1: So, I, yeah. I, so you heard it here first. <laughs> I, I am scared of mice. Uh, so here is a question from Zoco Santos it says, how is it working on the Joker movie? And then there's a secondary part to that. Also from, uh, this is from Karina relating to Zoco's question. The Joker scene was uncredited and listed as middle-aged woman. What scene was were you in?
0: Yeah, they cut it.
1: <laughs> oh, man. The best scene, it. right?
0: You know, it, it happens. It happens. And and I, I didn't take any offense to it. Again, I understand because uh, I've been in there in the indie level where we're like, eh, we're not going to use this scene anymore. That takes away that character. It sucks, you know. So um, it happens. But basically, I was in the scene where in the subway where they're going to have that um, the altercation he has this hopefully it's not a spoiler and everyone has seen the movie um <laughs> he has an altercation on the subway train and and shoots these young guys um and so uh that before that shooting happens um he has an uh, like an interaction with me and i was on set with him or with them in general for two days mm-hmm. And um, they what's cool is that the behind the scene of that was that the subway itself was in a soundstage. So the subway car that they shot that in was not like the actual city subway It was um, in a soundstage. And what was very cool and the first time I had done this before was usually with those kind of scenes, they'll have like a blue screen or green screen on the outside of the vehicle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But they didn't do that. Instead, they did kind of like what the Mandalorian did, which is. Um, Video screens, video screens. So they were having this video play of the subway stations passing by. And at the same time, usually in film, any kind of sound effect that you're hearing or whatever is not happening when we're shooting, everything is really quiet. And so, you know, this was also the first time that they put the subway sound effect while we were doing the scene, which usually doesn't happen because you don't want to have any kind of sound uh, for post-production mixing. Because mm-hmm. um, in in post, that's when they add all that sound. So I found it really cool because it made you feel like you were on the subway a lot more. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there was more a realistic aspect to it. Um, but Joaquin was so nice to me, was uh, just very, very kind, even though he was in his character and dealing with a lot and he's even said that he's been mean but he was nice to me
2: nice so
0: i thought that matters (laughs) yeah um and uh he even said after we had done my take and they'd done my coverage uh with the scene with him he had told me that i did an amazing job and todd told me i did a great job and i was like like i was geeking out that they were so complimentary um but yeah i mean you know it Sometimes scenes, if they're not driving the plot forward Mm -hmm. enough and then there's a certain pacing that you want to get the movie going with, if if they aren't, they cut the scenes. And I understood why they would cut that scene Mm -hmm. because it was just one of those things where that scene had to move Mm -hmm. and and it did, you know, Um, and that was a pivotal part of his uh, story arc. So Uh, but it was, again, a masterclass for me just to be in the room with them. Just to be there for two days and absorb everything that was happening was, was incredible.
1: And, and it's so nice just, just alone. I mean, the fact that you didn't get on the screen, but the fact that you got these, these props and accolades from people that we, I'm mean, greatly, greatly admire in the industry. I mean, that, that's cool in, in itself. I mean, and, yeah. and it's also rewarding too, for all those years and years and years, you know, busting your chops to get even yeah. the smallest of rules to, to climb and climb and climb. So that's nice. And Maya Sandra Lee is saying something along the lines of which she says she wanted to meet, would love to meet him. Uh, yeah, uh, Joaquin for sure. He, he's great. He really is. Yeah. You either love him or, or you fantastic. don't. But yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. But he's a fantastic actor. Yeah.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, here is a question from Renata. Uh, she says, any internal information you could share about your experience working on Fosse, Fosse Verdon? Um, if I'm pronouncing that oh, right. Yeah. I, I don't know Fosse that Verdin. myself. And she says, I loved that limited series.
0: Yeah, Fosse Verdon was an FX show, and it's about Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. Um, that I I was uh, I had a few episodes of that one, and I played um, Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon's nanny, uh, and uh I, I looked similar to their actu- the actual nanny, which is one of the reasons why I got cast. Um, and it was, it was a really great experience. Um, Sam Rockwell was super, super sweet. I, I have not had a bad experience with any of these uh, A-list actors so far, which has been fantastic. Um, and Michelle Williams was also very sweet and it was just easy to collaborate with them, easy to work with them, um, easy to try things out. Uh, they're just very invested actors and, um, They really love the characters that they play. And you can see that Um, I was I talked a lot with uh, Nicole Fossey, which is uh, Bob Fossey's daughter. She was one of the executive producers. And she would tell me stories about growing up and and the the nanny, how much of uh, an impact that nanny was to her life and um, how she basically was one of the people who raised her. Um, So it was really nice to get that kind of information and to, to get that kind of support to play that character
1: well I have to check that out there's and there's gonna be a question come up here in a moment about another show that I haven't seen That's a big show as well too that you're part of so there's so many of these things you know and that's what I like about sometimes when fans will come into our show they'll they'll discover you through in this case uh Better Call Saul and then they'll go yeah. back and they'll discover your other catalog yeah. which had passed and what's coming up and and I, I love that and and I don't know everything about the actors usually when I have someone like yourself on the show you know if I don't know a lot about your background I'll go you know dig into IMDB and I'll look at you know some of the other you know websites and things like that just to familiarize my myself but there'll be a question coming up here in a moment about uh, a show that shares another gilliverse member that you worked with or at least at least a show you may, maybe not had been in a scene with them but this is funny i haven't had my sandra lee here in the chat for some time and she's here tonight and she says something along the lines that she's reminding me about the mouse uh thing with me and she's saying she actually chased me one time with the mouse and i ran and screamed like a little girl so yeah welcome back sandra <laughs> <Don't> lee <laughs> yeah i uh yeah not, not so not so good with the mice uh, there is the so we're gonna we're gonna jump. Laurie has a question, and it's about another short film. We're gonna come over to Laurie's after Karina's is just because we kind of hinted at this. So a show I hadn't seen, and one of our characters uh, from the Gillovers we had on uh, one of my favorite actors in the world, Stephen Bauer. Uh, I haven't seen Ray Donovan. I haven't seen that. And uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I I know nothing about. It. Oh, I, I shouldn't say I know nothing about it. I know the concept of the show. I know the the main cast, but I haven't watched yeah. it, and I really want to. So you had some some time with that. And Karina's question was, how is it working on an episode of Ray Donovan, brilliant show, and you were great in your scene with Bunchy. So we sh- we shared the Gilliverse with uh, with uh, uh, Stephen Bauer. But how was that? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it was Bunchy was fantastic. He's so nice. Uh, I keep saying this and it's going to be on repeat that every actor I've been working with is just so down to earth, which is very humbling, you know, because you're always thinking that they're, they're going to, you know, they're at a certain level and they could be a certain way if they wanted to. Um, But I, have yeah, I mean, that was a very cool experience, especially because I was a part, uh, I don't always get to be a part of the table read for Mm -hmm. shows. Um, So I got to be a part of the table read for, um, for Ray Donovan uh, when they were just starting to um, film the, the season that was coming up. Um, and I, so I got to meet everybody because of the table read, which was also very cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, the director was uh, fantastic. Um, he uh, directed... Um, uh, um, a movie called Itu mama tambien, which is, uh, which I was a fan of, um, or no, I'm sorry. He directed, um, uh, Maria full grace. That's what he directed, uh, Maria full grace. And, and I, when that movie came out way back when, um, I was, I was a fan of that film and yeah, I mean, what can I say? It was just very kind, very, everyone was kind. Everyone was, uh, easy to work with again, um, and uh, I had a, they had cut a scene of mine in that as well. <laughs> so they had like a few scenes, and then they basically cut them. Uh, and it, and I got a, you know it was a little less than what I actually did on set. But again, it happens, and it's TV and it's film, and it needs to move. And they have a, a time frame where each episode has to be a certain amount mm-hmm. of time. So, you know, some things have to go, unfortunately.
1: (laughs) That's true. And, you know, we don't get, we talk about the casting directors on all, all like, I mean, not just on Breaking Bad and and Better Call Saul and Walking Dead and things like that we just talked about, but, uh, you know, they really don't get enough, uh, the the editors don't get enough credit. And these, you know, there's some great editors uh, in the Better Call Saul family.
0: Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's
1: to choose what to, it's like a great musician knowing what not to play right?
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's so hard. It's so hard for them. I mean, um, you know, I, I I can only imagine. I mean, I, I edit a lot too. Mm-hmm. So I know, I know how it feels. And it, it just, I'm sure, you know, it, it breaks their heart sometimes to have to cut something that they probably are really into. Um, but yeah, the editors on, on Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad are, I mean, it's just, Beautiful vision that they have, and, and including and and the cinematography that Marshall oh. creates. to I mean, it's just fantastic. Marshall's fantastic. He I still talk to him um, to this day, and um, I think I think he's such a, a great artist you know and and the kinds of shots that he comes up with I remember the desert scene where they're using glow sticks and they literally just light the whole scene with glow sticks I was like Marshall (laughs) I know right (laughs) I just I was like of course Marshall (laughs) he
1: he was on the show well back too uh, early in uh, season one uh, of the Gilliverse here and he was telling us some little tricks too I mean we're just geeking out I mean I'm just like this ear to ear like and I'm right making notes off camera what he was doing and they were using like what they called light bright uh, I'm not sure if you got to witness any of those type of things, but they would take foam core, it'd be black foam core, and they'd be poking little holes with different little pieces of lights of twinkle lights to simulate like the the glow over the city, over the desert and stuff like that, right? And then to yeah. make it even more realistic, they got these little, um, like kind of uh, heat canisters. They would, they'd be, like, they'd be like a wick in them, and they'd burn like a candle. But they'd be heat, and they would be underneath the foam core, so the heat would cause a uh, heat ripple of the fake lights, and it would look like twinkling in the in the distance. Right?
0: That's so crazy. Just
1: crazy. Yeah. The
0: stuff it, that they come up with, it's a, it's just uh, again a masterclass. Honestly,
1: it is we have a super chat from Andrew Nowak. She says, uh, uh, inside Gilverse rocks. Thank you, Adrian, to, uh, to be with us today. So yes, thank you, Andrew, uh, yeah, uh, Andrew as well.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
1: So question I mentioned earlier from Lori, uh, and another short film and something I did not know about. So uh, I'm so blessed to learn some of these things from our, our regular viewers and our friends. She says, what was the inspiration for the short film blind date?
0: Oh, blind date. I, that, that's like a cute film. Um, so we actually, my uh, one of my best friends, Ella, Jane New, and I, who make a lot of films together, um, she actually uh, approached me for a 24 hour film challenge. <laughs> and she's like, I wanna make this, I wanna do this. Will you help me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we, uh, we co-wrote it together and I directed it. We made the whole short film in 24 hours. Uh, so we wrote it, memorized the lines, got the location, shot it, edited it, mixed it, everything in 24 hours. And that is that short film. And um, after after we did that and we, you know, submitted it and whatever, we ended up submitting it to a lot of festivals. It got into a lot of festivals around the world. And then we finally decided, well, let's just release it on YouTube. And I think it's at, I want to say it's like almost 250,000 views so far. Wow. Incre- I mean, I'm shocked. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I was super shocked because our company didn't really have a following on Mm -hmm. YouTube. So the fact that it's getting that kind of attention is fantastic. And we actually wrote a pilot uh, for the TV show version of blind date called blindly, um, which digs more deeper into these two women's lives. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're kind of, you know, our goal is to shoot the pilot version um, ourselves uh, and then kind of uh, shop it around.
1: Good. Well, so that, that's fantastic to hear. And, and there's going to be a question coming up related to some, you know, fast paced, you know, filming, editing, producing, getting all this stuff. And we'll talk about that in a second as well, too. Here's a question I didn't write down. And this is from this is from myself, and I like to ask this of all of our guests. and I always, almost always, forget. You know, about eighty percent of the time, I forget. This is something that Tom has come up with. Okay, and I try to ask. Uh, there, there is a right answer to this, but there's there's no real wrong answers if that makes any sense. So the Gilliverse, we like to you know the Gilliverse en- encapsulates the, these three shows. You know, uh, Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. But we like to imagine that we take off in this rocket ship and we go off into the you know Gilliverse wherever that is. So in the Gilliverse, there is a smell. All right, and it uh, you know it it's not like a hot sweaty Michael Mando, you know it's
2: not
1: it's not one of the, it's not one of that, but it's two things. Can and I'd like to hear your thoughts on what does it smell like in the Gillaverse?
0: Oh, ooh, good. Uh, two things I have to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say gunpowder <laughs> um, and Mexican food.
1: <laughs> okay okay that sounds pretty cool and in the mexican food we get we get a little bit of that you know through the salamancas and I, th- yeah. I think both uh daniel and uh and lewis uh were we're talking like some food they they you know some real uh, mexican cuisine or something of the sort they yeah. mentioned that um yeah. so there is the, the cuisine is close the actual right answer i have to get like a little bell and a little ding uh is bacon and fear
0: oh that sounds yeah, That
1: sounds pretty accurate too. It, t- Tom, Somebody shared this one thing. I don't know if it was Tom one day. Someone on Twitter posted this picture and it was like, it was a kid's book. I don't know what it was called. Like something like the, the not the three little pigs, but something along that lines. And there's a picture of these, these f- pigs and they're in a car and they're, they're racing off and there's some kind of like, they're scared of something. I forget what it was. And so I remember coming back to Tom saying, like, you know, that there's your bacon and fear right there. Because, you know, the right. pig's going away and they're scared of whatever. I think there's a wolf chasing them or something. I forgot what it was. I don't even know what yeah. book it was. But, yeah, it's always fun just to get people's, you know, uh, theories on and what it might smell like. Uh, here's a question from Cray Crow. And I really hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Um, but uh, what do you like most, acting, directing, or writing? And maybe we'll throw in one more because you mentioned editing. So...
0: Um, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, well, acting and directing for me kind of go hand in hand, like they're, they're on the same, uh, wavelength,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, right behind it is writing. Um, I, I love writing, but I only write things that I intend to direct. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't always write things that I want to option off or pitch and then have a network take over. Um, So I I consider myself more a director who writes, not so much just a writer, Uh, even though I'm very open to just being a writer if the opportunity presented itself. uh, But I do tend to want to um, direct what I write. And, you know, with the feature that I'm directing now, I co-wrote that with um, my best friend, John Rice, who also wrote The Dark Room. Um, And he uh, he writes. A lot of times, whatever he writes, I end up directing. We kind of work together like that. Same with, we have like a a team of people that it's like the same group of people that we're always making films together. Um, But it's almost like if it's not, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like we just work. It's understandable why so many directors and producers end up working with the same people over and over again. Because when you do have such a close-knit group, that work really well together. It makes, you know, the shooting process much smoother. You know, there, there is, there's no second guessing. Everyone knows how everyone is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we, we love working with each other. So, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, directing and acting are like this and then writing's right behind that. Nice, okay. <laughs> And then editing. I love editing. I, I don't think I would want, I want to be like an official editor and mm-hmm. just do that. Um, I have so much respect if I didn't have to edit things I, I mean I love having other editors edit because it's like a another set of eyes getting mm-hmm. a different perspective that you may not have thought of. Uh, and so I love having that kind of perspective on anything that that I direct.
1: does it, I would assume but I, I could be very wrong by, by saying this but it, um, it does it come down to pacing in most cases like just making sure this that everything flows. You know, when it comes to editing, choosing what to keep, what to trim, what to completely delete—is it a pacing thing, or is it the the storytelling?
2: It's it's uh, it's everything
0: combined. Mm -hmm. It's you know, it definitely is the storytelling in regards to you. As an editor, you have a goal of what, and this is just my perspective. Mm -hmm. So, I I, you know, other editors who are really editors uh, might have a different opinion on this, but for me, I'm always trying to edit in the perspective of the characters
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and um, as well as uh, giving some kind of interesting and unique choice in the editing. That's not always the stereotypical. Um, And I feel like better call Saul and breaking bad does a really good job at that. Uh, And especially when they decide to make choices on, you know, an episode, like the fly episode,
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know what yes. I mean.
0: Like when they make these choices to just—it's it, just—it's so brave the the things that they decide to try because a lot of TV shows haven't, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I feel like the editors, uh, I try to take a note of that of taking a risk in the editing,
2: um,
0: and it, it has a lot to do with pacing as well, of course. You know, you're you're you, you want the the moments to move in a certain way depending on the theme of that scene so or the objective of that scene so it's a a combination of everything and I'm sure their their job isn't easy because I know they have their version and then they get notes from the director and then they get notes from the executive producer and then they get notes it's like (laughs) it's not easy by any means but they do a fantastic job
1: Agreed. Agreed. Before we wrap up here, are there any things that you can share with us uh, project wise that are coming up or some things uh, maybe you, uh, anything you can share with us So you have uh, coming down the pipeline?
0: Yeah, I mean, right now, I'm, you know, last year was a dead year for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, a lot of artists uh, of all kinds, not just actors and um and anyone in the industry was just kind of oddly slow so there was a lot of things we were going to do last year that we ended up having to push uh, away or push back um so right now we're focusing on finishing the feature film that i'm directing and that i co-wrote uh with john rice and um that i'm acting in <laughs> mm-hmm. and again a challenge but uh it's about this woman who uh discover she discovers she has um, D.I.D., which used to be called multiple personality disorder. Oh. And uh, so, you know, it's a pretty heavy film. Um, but uh, besides that, like I said, we're, we're working on uh, the pilot of Blindly, uh, which is, um, you know, coming from the short film Blind Date. And then, you know, obviously The Dark Room. It's so good that you, everyone like brought up basically the things that we're working on right good. now. And the dark room feature film. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having meetings with other people who have reached out to me to possibly direct their projects. So, you know, there there's always uh, I'm, I'm a believer of creating your own work, especially as an actor nowadays. Uh, I'm a storyteller, so I'm not someone who can just sit and wait for a part. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I create my own work as an actor or a director or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I, I just want to tell good stories that have an impact, you know,
1: what's wrong with that. That sounds good to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we,
1: we need more great stories, especially coming out of these couple of years. I mean, it is a couple of years. 2020 was complete horrible 2021 looking a little bit better for us you know but it's still we need we need some good stories and some things to uh pass the time and yeah i think i think our spirits are starting to get better where people are getting back to work as we see right now especially on the gilliverse it's nice you know fingers crossed and i i really hope that we get this chance to see you in season six you know if we don't we've the you know your stamp that you made was great and uh and i'm just looking at all the comments in the chat i don't get a chance to read a chat verbatim because i'm I'm trying to focus on the show but I i just saw so many comments about how much they love. Love you and and uh, it was oh, wonderful. Well, I love
0: them. Thank you. Thank yeah, you so much. The support is, is it means a lot to me.
1: That's that's awesome. And and speaking of support, too, maybe we'll take a quick moment here as we wrap up. And I want to say thank you to the to the people that make this show happen. You know, without them, it just could not be done. Uh, first and foremost paramount thanks to my better half Sandra Lee for encouraging me to uh, push forward and do this and just keep keep doing it and I love it and uh, it's been a bit of a rocky road for her and I and, and we're, we're putting things together and uh, and it wouldn't if we wouldn't be doing this tonight if it wasn't for her um, also big thank you to our show sponsors uh, Warren and Rachel at uh, bobbleheads.com they can make some of the you know the bobbleheads back there you can see from the Better Call Saul family they're, they're awesome uh, check them out at bobbleheads.com slash Gilliverse we want to thank all So all of our channel members, our Patreon supporters, our channel moderators, our YouTube subscribers, super chatters, our PayPal donators, and those that purchase our merch from the Broadstash Boutique stuff that I'm wearing right here. Uh, And if you're new here tonight, please consider hitting that subscribe button down below. Uh, We will work just as hard to keep you as a subscriber as we did to get you as one. We want to encourage you to tune in next week, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We'll be back here with Inside the Gilliverse. And if you want to check us out on social media, we are at Facebook and Instagram at Inside the Gilliverse. And uh, we'll have this audio podcast up tomorrow as well. And I think we're behind one as well, too. we got to put Julianne Emery up, who was uh, on two weeks ago. So So two lovely ladies will be going up tomorrow, Julianne and yourself. So we'll be uh, looking forward to getting you up on iTunes and all that good stuff. So I want to thank you again. And I really want to wish you a very successful 2021. And uh, maybe we'll reach out to you down the road and catch up and see what's happening
0: yes thank you so much i really appreciate the support and you having me on the show and thank you everybody for watching and being so lovely and supportive
1: awesome well listen don't go away i'm going to say goodbye to you off the air we'll say uh say goodbye to you there and everyone have a safe week and have a fun weekend and uh you know we'll look forward to seeing you next week and keep smiling we'll see you right here same time next week and on inside the universe until next time cheers
0: Thanks again for tuning into Inside the Gilliverse with Eric Broadbent. Be sure to check back each week for more great discussions and interviews with cast and crew from Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul.